1: Why was Cinderella wandering around the pumpkin patch? She was in the market for a new ride.
2: You see? You see? Your stupid minds! Stupid! Stupid!
1: Why did the dragon cross the road? To buy a lair freshener. (laughs) What's faster than the speed of light?
2: I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus I've got Ebola vibes dripping from my nose I've got the leprosy of the heart valves, Exacerbating my incredible woes I want to take my brain out blast with the wave An ultrasonic, echographic, and a pulsitating shave I want a magic pill All my ailments The health equivalent of Citizen Kane And if I don't get it now in the tablet I think I'm doomed and I'll have
3: to go insane I want a requiem for my disease Sorry, Dr. Steve. Dr. Steve
2: From the world famous Cardiff Electric Network Studios, it's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio. Now a podcast. I'm Dr. Steve. My little pal, Dr. Scott, the traditional Chinese medicine practitioner, gives me street cred with the whack-hole alternative medicine assholes. Hello, Dr. Scott. Hey, Dr. Steve. And uh, my partner in all things, Tacey Hello, Tacey Hello. And my partner in everything else, basically, uh, DNP Carissa. Hello, Carissa.
3: Hello. This
2: is a show for people who had never listened to a medical show on the radio or the internet. If you have a question that you're embarrassed to take to your regular medical provider, if you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call. 347 7, 6, 6, 4323. 3. That's 347. Poohhead. Visit, <laughs> visit our Twitter at Weird Medicine or at Dr. Scott WM. Visit our website at DrSteve.com for podcasts, medical news, and stuff you can buy. And most importantly, we are not your medical providers. Take everything you hear with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on this show. Without talking it over with your healthcare provider. All right, very good. Uh, please don't forget stuff.drsteve.com. That's stuff.drsteve.com for all your online shopping needs. Click through to Amazon or you can scroll down and see stuff that we talk about on this show, including the Roadie robotic uh, tuner. And um, it's, uh, yeah, it really helps keep us on the air. Also, if you're having erectile dysfunction issues, and you don't want to take or can't take uh, the PDE5 inhibitors like Cialis, Viagra, or Levitra, Uh, you might want to consider the Phoenix Acoustic Wave device. It's the same device that they use in the med spas for erectile dysfunction, except you could do it at home. You don't have to have some stranger holding on to your junk while you do the treatment. Uh, you get a discount if you go to ed.drsteve.com. That's like E-D-Echo-Delta, like erectile dysfunction. ed.drsteve.com. And then uh, Dr. Scott's website at herbals.net, which we'll talk about in a minute, and patreon.com. Weird Medicine that's uh, our show that we do is completely new content classic shows, interviews with celebrities but also uh, 100% of all questions sent through the Patreon portal get answered and then if you want me to say fluid to your mama and we've got to do two cameos today um, uh, we're going to go to cameo.com slash weird medicine okay you guys don't have to do it it's fine I'll do it my damn self fine (laughs) Jesus, forget it. Anyway, cameocom slash medicine. If you don't want Chris and Tacey doing it, then that's then just go to cameocom slash medicine. I'll do it. I was it just, will being just being be an asshole. Me. Of course, I'm just being say an asshole shit. too. Hey. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm, yes, I'm being an asshole as well. I'm trying to be funny because it's supposed to be a funny show. and Obviously failing miserably, so there you go. I'm really glad right. you
5: explained that, Cameo.
2: Though. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Okay, all right, okay. All right, all right, all right.
5: Lord and Lady
2: Douchebag. Scorn right. and defiance. Slight regard. Contempt. All right, anyway. All right, you got anything else? No. Nope. get going. All right. Um, Don't forget Dr. Scott's website. at simplyherbals.net, simplyherbals.net. And um, so, Tacey, are you ready for your time of topics? It's Tacey's time of topics, a time for Tacey to discuss topics of the day. Not to be confused with Topic Time with Harrison Young, which is copyrighted by Harrison Young and Area 58 Public Access. And now, here's Tacy. Yeah,
1: yeah, t- Tom was kind of an issue <laughs> this week.
2: So no Tacy's time of topics? No. All right, okay, then how about this one then? It's time for Fast Vag Facts, a segment about everyone's favorite body part. And now, here's your hostess with the mostest, DNP Carissa. What do you got?
5: I already talked about the veg. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Thanks. Do we
5: need more veg facts? <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> All right, I'm just messing with you guys. I know you didn't have anything. You want uh, Scott, have you got anything? Because I've got a couple of good phone calls. Oh, hell no. Okay, good deal. I was counting on these two. Oh,
5: but he doesn't right. get booed. Listen, listen, listen. Okay, he gets booed. <laughs> I ain't got nothing. Let's clap our hands for Scott. All
3: right.
6: <laughs> At least we're consistent.
2: Here we go. Oops. Well, I
5: mean, I was reading number one thing. article.
6: Don't take advice from
2: some asshole on the radio. All right. Here's a good one. Carissa, you may know hey, the answer Dr. To this. Hey, yeah. Steve, it's Matt in Charleston. How are you? Hey, Matt. Good. Good. Thanks. I'm doing good. Hey, so uh, can you talk about asparagus and why it makes your pee smell weird? Hell yeah. And are there any other foods or vegetables that do the same thing? Thanks. You guys have anything on this? I'm. We we talked about t- touched on this once before, mm-hmm. but there's some new science on this. Oh, there is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I haven't seen the new Sulphur. stuff. Sulfur. Yes. Okay. Lucky All, right. All right. Well. Okay. Give
6: thyself a bell.
2: This is- okay, we're starting out strong. Son of a. Bitch. So, but it's not just sulfur though. There is. It
5: gets broken down into sulfur byproducts.
2: Give thyself.
6: All right, I'm not going to do this. Don't
4: you dare!
2: Who
6: <laughs> <Tasia,
2: laughs> doesn't know that? should get jealous. Uh, do you? Does anybody know what it is that gets broken down into sulfur uh, products, though? The asparagus?
1: Chewed up asparagus.
3: <laughs> Chewed well, up that's asparagus. that's because you're an idiot. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I thought we were talking about eating asparagus. What's in asparagus mm. that makes it asparagus-y is this um, molecule called asparagusic acid. Mm. And uh, the the thing is, is that when you eat asparagus, um, it in some people is broken down, and you get this uh, sulfur-containing compound that's extremely volatile and um, smells sort of like rotten cabbage or metallic rotten cabbage or something. It smells weird. Mm -hmm. And um, the, the crazy thing is not everybody produces or breaks down this molecule the same way. And not any, everybody can smell it, and that's why it's controversial, because there are some people that cannot smell it, and it's called asparagus anosmia, <laughs> and meaning not, and osmia meaning smell.
1: And I never will smell it, because the shit is disgusting. <laughs> oh, I love asparagus.
2: You mean you won't smell it in yourself?
1: Yeah, but I'm if never going to smell that.
2: Well, but if you No, I know. Well, okay, but if you were in a public bathroom and somebody was eating asparagus... Well,
1: I would not know that...
2: Yeah. Does it urine. smell
1: like asparagus or does it smell differently? No,
2: it smells like a thing called uh, methylmercaptan. We used oh, to, I
1: would have recognized that.
2: You, we used to use it in our organic lab. And it's also called uh, metha- <laughs> <laughs> methane thiol. And it's strong, unpleasant scent associated with fecal odor and bad breath. It's one of the most common odorants found in urine. After eating asparagus, so this asparagusic acid, which, by the way, is only found in asparagus, which may be why you don't like it, taste.
3: Hmm.
1: It's nasty. Of
2: course, you don't like it because your um, mother made you eat canned asparagus. Ew, gross. And it's green and mushy and Yucky. it stinks. And then you sit there and go, I'm not eating it. And they go, well, you're sitting here until you do. I remember sitting in my high chair. My mother gave me that shit. How
5: do you remember sitting in your high
2: chair? I remember. I was sitting in my high chair. I, uh, we moved from that house when I was four, so I had to be three or four. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting there, and she's like, you're not leaving till you eat it. And I'm like, well, fuck you. I'm not eating it. <laughs> That's
5: when you feed it to the dog.
2: Yeah. That and yep. chicken
5: livers, man.
2: Oh, I've never tried it. But there is a... Back pocket it in your jaw like a chew. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Slip a little Twix cheek and between gum. The, between the cheek and gum. <laughs> Did you guys ever do the, the study in, say, high school biology where you have to taste this compound? They put it on a little piece of paper, and if you could taste it... Then you were called a taster, and if you couldn't taste it, you were a a non-taster, de doo Mm -hmm. Uh, I wonder how they came up with that name. And then uh, you could trace it, the gene through your family because it's genetically uh, Mm -hmm. transmitted from uh, person to person. I can't remember if it was autosomal recessive or dominant. And uh, I think it's recessive because it is kind of rare. And the thing is, my brother and I were both tasters, and he and I hate livers. Mm-hmm. And I can smell asparagus too. Mm-hmm. So that may be the same gene or some related gene. Mm-hmm. But there are, and that's why look no one if if and my brother agrees with me on this no one would put liver in their mouth if it tasted to them like it tastes to us. It's not there's no acquired taste to that. It tastes like a lump of shit. <laughs> Mm. or or what you would imagine a lump of shit would taste like. Mm. And other people, they're like, oh, I love these. And it's like they can't taste the same to you. Now, we look at things like colors, and we all agree that the uh, timer uh, LEDs are red, but my red could be completely different to you. You know, there's no way for us to to judge that my brain is translating that into the same sort of image in my, you know, um, Occipital cord, you know, the visual center and the Mm. occipital cortex Mm. that you do. I see it as red. I can't describe it. It's just red. You know, Mm. we see these colors and then we label them, but that could be purple to you. And actually, if you have blue green, um, uh, uh, you know, color blindness, the colors do look different to you. So, kind of interesting. Anyway, so. There you go. So that's that's the deal. And uh, the smell can last 30 to minutes, uh, 15 to 30 minutes after eating asparagus. And within 25 minutes, half of the asparagusic acid consumed has already been absorbed. It's crazy. So it uh, appears quickly. I know that I've eaten it before and then gone to the urinal in a, in a restaurant or something, and I can smell it. Hmm. Anyway. All right. All right. I love it. <clears throat> um, let's do another one And are there other things that do that? I'm not aware of any You guys aware of anything that make uh, Now there's stuff that makes your Coffee? Feces smell different You
1: think coffee makes your peace?
2: Coffee makes your urine stink Does it?
6: I think so Don't you kids you smell coffee when you
5: I think it just concentrates it Because it dehydrates you
3: <laughs> Hmm
6: but you still smell it when you then mean then just I concentrates I the urine, see. you mean? Yeah. Then
1: yeah. that's just how I smell.
6: Well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I I concentrated urine concentrated urine still smells like urine, just stronger. But I'm talking but I can smell coffee in urine.
5: Really? I don't think yeah. I've ever noticed that before. I have
6: a very good sniffer.
5: I do not, so huh.
6: Fuck. very sensitive.
2: Huh. Yeah, I can there are people that make a living off of smelling things. You know, the, Dude, they, I saw, and I saw, the
6: perfumeries and the something. perfumeries yeah. and this and I saw it on sixty minutes or something. was unbelievable The smells this person could like differentiate between like fifteen thousand different smells or something. Really? Right? It's like what? Well, how do they <laughs> well, no, but they have like like labeled in jars say, so, Well, this is vanilla you know, Madagascar vanilla and this is vanilla from Wherever and wow. he like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, this one's from there." This one's That's from there. pretty impressive. Yeah, it
2: was pretty cool. I mean, all after all this time, we have just barely a rudimentary knowledge of how smell even works, mm-hmm. because it can't be just it. The molecules are binding to some receptors in there. There can't be that many receptors. You know, you yeah, have yeah, a receptor um, for vanilla and cherry and chocolate and all want, that But you stuff. also wonder if your brain didn't develop,
6: you know, just a little bit better um, way of putting together those smells. Right, or, but how does it get the input, find, yeah, though?
2: That's the know. thing. That's a good question. Nobody Maybe. knows. Yeah. It's, it's It may even be some damn quantum phenomenon. It's just crazy. I've got confirmation. Sean
6: says he can smell his coffee and his urine, too. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, okay. if Sean says it, by God,
2: it's right. Well, well I'm right. going to be
3: sniffing.
2: All right. <laughs> ABS, always be sniffing. Always be sniffing. <laughs> <All right. laughs> hmm. oh.
6: Just wanted to know, for most substances anywhere from alcohol to caffeine to hardcore drugs marijuana what's the detox time for a human to be completely clean 90 days a week a month they yeah. thought
2: well okay to be completely clean that's a different question mm-hmm. from what we're in it. Is it detectable Testable. right <laughs> so when you say clean if you mean free of addiction that's different for everybody and, uh, you know, like for nicotine, the f- physiologic addiction, the withdrawal syndrome is about two weeks, but the psychological and the habitual addiction can go on for months, if not years. So, um, you know, opioids are usually out of your system in one to three days. This is the the uh, but the, obviously the detox takes much longer than that if you are, uh, you know, addicted to it. Uh, cocaine, one to three days, ecstasy, two to four days, benzodiazepines like Valium and Ativan and stuff like that, one to seven days, methamphetamine, two to three days, and tricyclic antidepressants, seven days, and then marijuana can be up to a month if you're a chronic user, in about a week if you're not. Hmm. The difference is, is that it is fat-soluble, so yeah. it inculcates itself into fat cells, which then release them back into the system very slowly. Now, let me ask you this, though. This this points out an inequity in drug testing. So you're a company, and you have a zero-tolerance policy against all street drugs, and you consider marijuana to be a street drug. And then you—which would you rather have? Working in your office. Someone who is all coked up on Monday at work after a long weekend and tests negative on Thursday, or somebody that smoked pot at a Lizzo concert two weeks ago— and uh, shows up positive on Thursday. Which one would you rather have working in your office? I mean, se- seriously. Oh, yeah. So there, this is, there's an injustice yep. uh, built into the system if you have a zero-tolerance policy, particularly toward marijuana, because it just lasts so long. So uh, methamphetamine, two to three days. I said that already. Uh, PCP, one to three weeks. So if you do PCP, and it's still out there, is it really? Yeah, we see a couple Obviously, of cases. Everywhere. I was going to so
1: ask you what that even is.
2: Fencyclidine.
1: Oh.
2: It was a uh, animal tranquilizer, right? Yeah, and people, yeah. okay, it, it caused strong some, some sort of psychotic reactions in people. Like if they back when it was really popular, people come into the emergency room, you couldn't restrain them, mm-hmm. and so we'd have to give them a, a domperidone. You know, as a uh, antipsychotic to calm them down. But I want to throw this out there there is an oral preparation of dexmetadomidine. Now it's like, sort of, ooh, okay, yeah, I get it. But dexmetadomidine is also known as Presidex, which is a sedative that we use in the ICU, particularly when you're trying to get somebody off a ventilator. And it uh, doesn't cause respiratory depression, unlike propofol, which is what killed Michael Jackson. Yep. That was Michael Jackson's magic milk. It was uh, done improperly and uh, basically killed him. But, um, and by the way, when it's done by an anesthesiologist, totally safe. Yeah just don't have your doctor just come over and make you sleep every night using propofol. Yeah,
1: and I would recommend not making any important phone calls after a propofol. <laughs> right,
2: right, right, right.
1: Because, yeah.
2: Do, do you have any uh, personal experience for yeah. saying stupid shit after propofol? Well,
1: I just made a lot of...
2: Um, <laughs> I don't remember a lot of
1: A lot of things that were bothering me with my mother.
2: Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. oh. I
1: made a phone call.
2: Rot, rot. <laughs> Wait, this last time you did that? Yes. This is not good. Oh, we've not heard
6: this story yes um we need can, to, we need to get our couch the couch
2: ready for her can is, you tell me the, the story?
1: story do you want it on the radio
2: I, can you make it so that it's not so you know, so there was something, you don't have to say the things that she said so but.
1: the woman does things for people that she w- didn't do for me during a time in my life uh. that was very tragic yeah and she just ignored it.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. so I. And just, you called her on the phone after doing purple Fall and said,
1: mm-hmm. "Asked well, her why."
2: You'll do but that. But the problem
1: s- is, you feel perfectly fine. You feel totally yes. normal. There's nothing going on, and, and you are totally not straight.
2: Right. You, right.
1: You just and and I knew that didn't matter. I was like, well, I'm going. I'm Call, we're gonna work this out right now. <laughs>
2: yeah, did you work it out? Um, <laughs> was was there any resolution? I told her <laughs> that you didn't
1: that if she argued with me, I would not speak to her for six weeks. Okay. I said I have to ask you a question. If you argue with me, I will not speak to you for six weeks. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> I would think maybe she would want to argue with you, so that she didn't get any more phone calls like she, that. <laughs> she did not. Well anyway, so lesson learned on that one. Um yep. now uh, we've talked about this before, but I always did my colonoscopies, uh, DNP Carissa, with uh, no anesthesia. And uh, I, I highly recommend it. If you can deal with it, it's uncomfortable. The worst part about it is that if you're, you know, they project everything on a big, giant six-foot screen. And just before they enter your colon, your asshole completely fills up the screen. Has Has to. Right, It gets closer and closer and closer, and then all of a sudden it just (laughs) fills up the whole screen. You don't really want to see that. So I would just avert my gaze just for a second until they get into the colon, and then it's totally fine because it's parts you haven't seen before. But uh, And then that's fascinating. Mm -hmm. You can see all the different uh, uh, parts of the bowel from the sigmoid to the transverse to the cecum. And you can see the ileocecal valve and all kinds of things you won't see on yourself. Yeah. And uh, it's, <laughs> there's times when it hurts a little bit, but it's not impossible. And when it's over, you just pull up your drawers, pass gas unless they use nitrogen, in which case you will pass no gas. And then you just get in your car and drive to work. Do You thank them for the experience. Yes, thank you.
3: Yeah. Sounds
2: good. Thank you. So another. And then when they see right, when they see you in the hospital, they go, "This person's a, a you know a, awesome." They did a colonoscopy without anesthesia. I could not do an EGD. You know the one from above, the electro uh, electro esophago gastro duoden- um, duodenoscopy. I could not do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because my gag ref- reflex is so strong, but I can ev- all day long I can do a colonoscopy. Hmm.
5: So. I don't know what that
2: says about you. I was gonna say I think that. What well, just says I don't like the propofol? It's
1: braggy,
5: braggy. <laughs> not braggy. Not bragging.
2: <laughs> I'm not saying that. I no. no God damn you. Guys.
1: I like stuff up my butt. <laughs> I like
2: people okay. sticking two cameras my
1: butt.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's that's you. Mm. All right. <laughs> Fuck ball tree, you? <laughs> All right, here we go.
4: Hey,
2: folks. Quick question for you. Hey, as far as Stacey. As halo delivery of a drug. Okay. Injectables or IV—that's blood infusion. Or ointment—that's into the skin. Uh, Respiratory—that's into the lungs and absorbed that away. Thank you for educating
6: Topical, us. Topical through, through the skin.
5: But
2: yep. the
6: poor, simple
5: pill.
2: Looking yep. at that from an engineering standpoint, how can they engineer that that it survives through the stomach mm. acid, but once it gets into the small intestines, the larger intestines, it's there long enough to be absorbed into the system. Yeah.
6: before you crap it out, or pee <laughs> it out.
2: <laughs> that is a, an issue, though. There are. Um, this is a great question, uh, but I want to talk a little bit about ghost tablets. So there are people who apparently obsessively look at their stool all the time, and they'll go, well, that pill ain't doing nothing. It goes right through me. Hmm. And it, it's potassium and long-acting um, opioids are the two big ones. Hmm. And the reason f- – and they're, they're called ghost tablets. There's no medicine in them anymore it's completely leached out but they make them in a wax matrix to make them last a long time to do exactly what uh, Stacy's talking about in that question so that it will last from the stomach through the small intestine through the large intestine and leach out the medication over a prolonged period of time and then what's re- what is remained is this um, wax matrix the scaffolding, yeah, the scaffolding. Yeah. Yes, thank you. No, wow. ooh, okay, yeah, I like that
6: word. Oh, for Give thyself
2: a bell. One, suck it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the, it is, uh, and you have to explain that to people because they'll say, "Oh, it just goes right through me. It can't be doing anything." And do you guys, do you, this is before y'all's time. Tacey might remember this when Brooklyn blowhard. Uh, lost his tooth. He swallowed his his crown. He had a fifteen hundred dollar crown. Yeah. Oh shoot! And he sw- And I had him digging through his stool for like three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, I felt so guilty about it, but it was so funny. And uh, basically, you know, your transit times around twenty four hours. hours. Yeah. So uh, it can be faster or somewhat slower than that, but it's never yeah. more than much of that. And. Uh, so, yeah, if you swallow gum, it's not there seven years later, folks. It's mm-hmm. gone within 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> but we had him digging to so his stool. Did
1: you finally just tell him?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Okay.
2: Told him to stop doing it, that he must have passed it at some <laughs> point. <laughs> That's rude. That's that really was really rude. It was early on, and we were a little more shock jockey back then. Way mm-hmm. Trying to be, anyway. Way to be a. Douche, Dr. I'm, Steve. Yeah, I'm, I'm a douche. But anyway. Lord and
1: Lady Douche.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, this is what I told him.
1: You get
5: nothing.
2: <laughs> but anyway, so um I don't uh, yeah, so ghost tablets, that's those things. So that's one way mm-hmm. that you can put medicine in a pill and have it you know be stable. Mm-hmm. And uh, some uh, things are you know, he he talked about stomach acid. Now acid in our stomach, it's relatively strong, but it's not, not like if you swallow a penny it's gonna dissolve it. It's um it just doesn't work that way. And there are lots of drugs that will only break down in the presence of a uh, um, basic environment so they will live through the stomach and make it into the small intestine where then the pancreatic juices and stuff will will neutralize it and then so because there there are some things that are uh absorbed in the uh small intestine so <laughs> uh and then some things are just absorbed in the stomach hmm. you know yes it's an acidic environment that's bad for proteins and uh, um, sugars and stuff like that. And there's also enzymes in there that break sugars down. But, uh, you know, to just kind of get the work started with meat and proteins and stuff like that, that's really what the stomach acid is there for. It also is a barrier against some bacteria and stuff like that, although so many people in this country take proton pump inhibitors and h2 blockers to raise their ph because they have heartburn that we kind of defeat that. And then what happens is they get bacteria growing in a slime mold in their small intestines and what's that called taste? When they have abdominal pain and bloating because there's bacteria in their small intestine.
1: H pylori
2: Oh, now that's a good one. I'll give you a, a thing for the stomach. For Bell. But. Um,
1: I don't know what you're talking I'm about. I'm talking
2: about a small intestine. First of all, I SIBO. wasn't paying attention. I I, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> He's talking about Sibo. I could tell you. Were, you were <laughs> looking was it the at me. glossy eyes? And there was nothing that it going was the, on. It was the yeah. glossy Jace eyes. Casey went to see Lizzo last night. Yes. And they got not only are they tired, but probably a little hungover. So
1: extremely hungover.
2: She and PA Jill went to see Lizzo. <laughs> yes. And then there weren't there. Did Did you tell me there were young people behind you saying, "We hope we're as cool as those old ladies are." <laughs> Something like that.
1: Yeah. No, they were being very friendly about. It. They were like that talking to us, but then w- one of them looks at the other one and says, "I hope when we're that old that we go do stuff <laughs> oh like that God. together." <laughs> okay. But they kept saying it like over because yeah, yeah. they had been drinking too. You guys are so too.
2: old but so cool. <laughs> yeah, that's and Jill not was exactly so a compliment.
1: Intoxicated, she didn't even know what she was just sloshing water around everywhere. I mean, it was just it was crazy, but it's yeah, it's bad bitch clock.
2: Bad bitch o'clock. That's right. (laughs) Oh well, it sounds like bitch
1: thirty. Hmm.
5: That's every (laughs) minute of my day. (laughs) 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 What about pills that are dissolved ODT?
2: Uh, Okay, you want to talk about what that means?
5: Sure don't. I was asking you.
2: Okay, Uh, orally dissolving tablets basically break up in the in the uh, mouth, mouth. some of them can be absorbed through the buccal mucosa, some of those they just, you're not trying to swallow a pill, so if you're nauseated, And you're trying to swallow a pill and you drink water with it. You may just throw it back up. But if you have an orally dissolving tablet, mm. uh, you just basically swallow it along with the saliva. And, some, you know, if, it's, if it is uh, able to be absorbed through mucous membrane, then it will. If not, it'll hit the GI tract and be absorbed there. So, yeah. But he's right. It is, uh, there's a lot of technology that goes into... Uh, making sure that if you give somebody a pill that it can be uh, metabolized properly. Mm -hmm. There are uh, drugs like, okay, so lidocaine is an example, one I can think of, that is, um, uh, we use it to numb people up, but we also use it to stop uh, arrhythmias in um, cardiac, you know, in the, Cardiac arrhythmia, sorry, I got my got my head turned around. So uh, you know, irregular beats or ectopic or uh, beats that are out of time in the heart. and you can give somebody back in the day we would give lidocaine drips for that. And but if you gave it to him by mouth, it didn't do anything. Well, the reason was it was just breaking the lidocaine up gotcha. uh, in the stomach and uh, bringing it down to its component parts. And uh, therefore, uh, didn't work, so they had to come up with a prodrug that would then be absorbed, and then the liver would convert it to lidocaine, and then it would work.
1: So explain a p- prodrug. So a
2: prodrug is a drug for people that has that is a molecule that may have bigger chunks of of uh, organic molecules stuck to it mm-hmm. that when you take it, it can be absorbed, and then when it passes through the liver, the liver converts it into the drug that you want. Mm -hmm. A good example of that is a drug called soma or carisoprodol, uh, one of the most addictive muscle relaxers on the market. And it was originally sold as a drug called meprobamate. And meprobamate was a meltdown. Look it up. It was taken off the market just because it was so habit-forming. And then when they took it off the market, you know, the manufacturer's like, well, hell, we got this drug. What are we going to do with it? So they made it into a pro-drug called carisoprodol. And carisoprodol, when you take it, uh, is absorbed by the stomach or small intestine, I'm not sure, and then it passes to the liver through the bloodstream, and then it, the liver converts it into meprobamate. And that is why, my, ladies and gentlemen, we would put people on this stuff as a muscle relaxer, could never get anybody off of it. Because basically we're just giving them meltdown. But at the time, we didn't know the chemistry as well as we do now. That's hmm. what
5: I'm named after.
2: Really? Carissa Prodahl? Yeah, it was my mom's
5: favorite
3: drug.
2: <laughs> she's, she's still on her SOMI's. And if you remember, SOMA was the drug that they took in Aldous Huxley's Brave New World. And uh, then they named this fucking drug. Well, I guess I shouldn't say that in case yes. I this. This allegedly fucking drug, um, uh, you know, after this panacea drug in uh, in that utopian, dystopian book uh brave new world so
1: i wonder if now would also be a good time to talk about ph dependent medications there you go
2: i I like it okay for example wait um, a minute give thyself a bell there you go yes you get a bell for that go ahead
1: for example like when you take because we know most of our listeners probably 80 percent, i would say take some type of proton pump inhibitor or
2: true across america Mm -hmm. right
1: if it's not working for you, take it about 30, 45 minutes before you eat.
2: Because mm-hmm.
1: you got to get all those pumps fired and get that pH where it needs to be.
2: You're talking about the the PPI itself? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Because?
1: Well, that's all I have to say about that.
2: <laughs>
6: <laughs> Next. Okay.
1: I mean, you know, cer- certain you know, medicines go through the stomach and different times in the stomach it's different ph's and
2: right 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 so you're saying if you're going to take your proton pump inhibitor
1: well i was just saying that as 30 minutes example. before you
2: eat yeah because when you eat it's going to fire up the proton pumps yes. and then it will kill them
1: and and the more you kill the better the more off that are, you are
2: right the more that are active it'll the more it'll kill
1: but aren't other medications ph dependent
2: sure yeah I, I, you know uh, pH being uh, the, uh, basically the ratio between water and protons, and protons equals acid. So it's a measure of acid. So the lower the pH, the more acidic an environment is. The seven is considered neutral, and then above that would be considered basic. And yes, absolutely, every water-soluble thing has probably got some relationship with pH, and so to yeah. some degree. Yeah. So
1: pay attention when it says with or without food.
2: Yes, very good. Just okay. Yep. All right. Well, I would give you another bell, but it seems like it's redundant now. I don't feel like it is. Give myself a bell. Very good. Very good. Very good taste. You can suck
3: it. Damn it.
2: (laughs) Jesus.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com.
5: Quick question for you. You ever been just feeling just fine, and all of a sudden you get an emergency valve movement, and it is so brutal that you need to take a nap afterwards? No. What's going on with that? I mean, it just so much energy exhausted at one point that you need to go to bed or what?
2: Have you guys ever experienced this? Where you take a giant dump and then you have to take a nap? Afterward?
1: No, but I do nap a lot and no. Well,
2: and
6: you do shit a lot. You know, I like do do had, that. I'm it's like he had an orgasmic literally experience. Literally what I was thinking, you know, did he stimulate himself and he
5: was like, fuck, I gotta take a nap his, now. Yeah,
6: colon and
2: <laughs> Popped his uh, prostate, and there are people that will exude prostatic fluid through their uh, urethral meatus. Through, yeah, there you go. When, when there's thing, a, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, that's correct. <laughs>
3: yes, hey, they, yeah.
6: Hey, oh. man. I should be that That
2: counts. Okay. <laughs> hey, um, <laughs> give thyself. Okay. Um, they, they will exude prostatic fluid right. through their urethral meatus if they have a big giant turd, and that is because. Does um, anybody know? Fluid dynamics. Fluid, yes. Okay, you got a, a metaphoric bell. I was, uh, people are sick of hearing the bell thing. We. I uh, pushed it so We don't care. Today. Oh, we don't care. Okay, no, it's, don't it's care. two yeah. to two. Yeah. Right. Let's hey, there's got to be fun yes. on
1: both sides yes. here. Yes,
6: fair enough. Right. Um, well, you mean because the relative proximity between the colon and the, yeah. the prostate?
2: Mm-hmm. Distal colon and prostate. That's right. So the back part of the prostate is the front part of the colon. And if you have a a congested prostate... What we call that blue balls, but blue balls is just basically uh, congestion of the prostate from stimulation without uh, emptying it out. Then if they have a big, giant American turd and they pass it past that, it's just like massaging the prostate. And they don't have an orgasm, but they may get prostatic fluid that exudes out the end of the prostate. Penis through the urethral meatus. People think that they have an orgasm, or like when, oh, when the doctor checked my um, checked my prostate, he made me ejaculate. No, they no. no, they didn't. That's not an ejaculation. Ejaculation is the rhythmic contraction of the ve- se- seminal vesicles due to a. Uh, spinal reflex that's in response to sexual stimulation, but if you just stick your finger in somebody and push down on their big boggy prostate and fluid comes out the end, that's not an ejaculation. Mm-hmm. But doctors need to warn people about that if they're going to, by God, do a prostatic massage, so that they don't think stuff like that. Yeah,
6: mm-hmm. you know.
2: Yeah, don't I don't, just...
6: I uh, what else could make someone take a nap
2: after they? Well, I was listen. wondering
5: stimulating the vagus nerve. You think? That's what the research is telling me. What?
2: Okay. Well, we'll be uh, expound possible. on that because I don't know how the vagus nerves got anything to do with that. Go, ahead, tell us what you found.
5: I'm still breathing. Oh
2: my God. Okay. Well, oh my God. You can stimulate just,
5: your vagus you may, nerve, causing a kind of euphoria.
2: Yes. Well, maybe he's I trying a bowel movement. Oh, you know through, what? Yes.
6: Because they because of Choking, the straining, yeah, straining so hard, chokes, his, chokes him out. Okay, because yeah, you know, because we do have older folks. That well, that's true. Strain it, so it hard, could be the bell 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 movement. movement. It could be Maybe the straining. Could be uh, <laughs> All right, Stace we figured According it out. According to
5: the authors, this feeling, which they call, is puforia.
6: <laughs> oh, that's a not name something. for a new band. <laughs> <laughs> no, she didn't go for that.
5: I don't, I don't deserve any bells. It's fine. I don't think so. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> welcome here. I don't deserve bells. Oh, no, that's not
2: true. <laughs> You're always poo-phoria welcome. would be a good band name. Yeah. that's the name of this show. Is going to be puforia. Yes. The yeah. truth is, yes. believe that. But oh basically,
5: God. if he needs to nap after taking a shit because <laughs> he stimulated his. He had a Vegas nurse Give, you a, give you a phone
6: call. <laughs> then,
5: no, I feel like Keep he might need to see a provider in regards to that.
2: Yeah, I was wondering if it, it could be like something like adrenal insufficiency or something, because those folks, when they're not producing stress hormones, the adrenal gland is above the kidney, sure. and it produces stress hormones, cortisol, epinephrine, sure. norepinephrine, that kind of stuff. And uh, if you have adrenal insufficiency... Any sort of strain can cause you to just end up having to go Go to bed. Dump your energy. They'll get a cold, and then they'll just be so sick you almost have to put them in the hospital. It's like, why you're a big baby? What's wrong with you? Mm -hmm. And then if, but if you check a thing called a cortrustin a stimulation test, you see it's wildly abnormal. Put them on five milligrams of prednisone and they're good to go. Mm-hmm. So, but I like your idea of the uh, vagus nerve stimulation instead. Mm-hmm. And I was so fixated on stool coming out of the bowel, I wasn't thinking about how do you get one out of there. You've got to, stru- and you know, up. that val salva mm-hmm. maneuver. Yeah, yeah. that's a good one. Thank good you. Good question. Yeah, good question. Good answer from everybody. All right. Not
3: me. <laughs>
2: Dr. Steve, this yes. is the Bootmaster. Hello, Hey, man. I had sent you something after your discussion on the Patreon regarding washing your hands for 20 seconds or more. Okay, by the way, that makes the Patreon sound not very interesting, but uh, no, it's actually very interesting. <laughs> and uh, check it out at patreon.com slash weird medicine. Anyway, go ahead. And I responded to you that... Back in the 70s, I was working at something called Mansfield Training School. It was a place for, at the time, called mentally retarded people. Okay. And at the facility during our training, you were only allowed to use, when they told you about washing your hands, only allowed to use cold water. Right. They said that warm water or hot water, you could never get the hot water hot enough to kill germs. But the cold water would kill germs. Now, Okay, so they wanted you to use cold water because they didn't want you guys, wa- you know, having people who were challenged um, mentally using hot water for anything. You know, they didn't want them to burn them, injured, so, yeah. but So half of this is true, and half of this is bullshit. This is so very just interesting. Just looking for your feedback on that. Yep. Um, because ever since, I've used cold water to wash Good. my hands. Yeah, it's fine. And and I sing happy birthday three times. Yes. Love you guys. Be well.
6: Thank you. Can't wait to hear your answer. Bye-bye.
2: Goodbye. Thank you. My uh, my answer is just use your preferred water temperature because it doesn't matter. He's absolutely right that to kill germs with water, it has to be scalding hot, so in. don't do that. Okay. But some people feel psychologically be- cleaner if they use warm water. Mm-hmm. Some feel psychologically cleaner if it's cold water. It doesn't matter. Uh, COVID, for example, doesn't like any kind of water, right? It has a lipid coat and it doesn't do well in fresh water. Um, you know, the CDC says warm and cold water may remove the same number of germs from your hands. Uh, The water helps create soap lather that removes the germs from your skin when you wash your hands. So I I don't know if if you know how soap works, but uh, we make soap from fats using a process called saponification. You expose it to a strong base in the presence of water. And what happens is you get one end of the molecule is soluble in fat and the other end of the molecule is soluble in water. It's perfect mm-hmm. if you want to wash something. So now uh, most dirt is fat-soluble, but some of it's water-soluble. So if, you, um, if it is fat-soluble and then you uh, wash your hands with it, it will s- dissolve the fat-type dirt, and then the water-soluble end will allow it to be washed off with water. Mm. See, if, if you try washing your hands with Wesson oil, what happens is that you have hands that are covered in oil and you put it under the water and then the oil repels the water. You can't right. ever get rid of it. Yeah. But uh, soap is like Wesson oil that also is water soluble. And so uh, back in, um, before they invented soap, the uh, m- my understanding is the ancient Egyptians used very fine pounded sand, uh, probably where the term go pound sand <laughs> comes from because they would get some some you know um, never
1: heard that term.
2: Person to do it. <laughs> is that from
1: like 1970
2: something? Yeah, yeah, probably. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Can you like <laughs> shut up? So
3: um, go
1: pound sand. You never Steve. heard go
2: pound
6: sand? No. No. <laughs> really? It was before our time. I'm sorry. Wow.
3: Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that must be what you did for fun
6: back in the. Have you heard "go pound. shit in your hat"?
1: Only from
5: you, sweetie.
2: Oh, go shit in your hat! Of course, nobody wears hats; well, they wear caps now. And anyway, why it, would
5: you shit in your hat?
2: I just like you. Just tell somebody go shit in your hat if you didn't like them, or you know you were arguing with them. You didn't want to. Mm. You didn't have a cogent response to whatever um point they were making you'd just get frustrated and say go shit oh, fuck your off Yeah. Or <laughs> shit on you. Shit onions.
1: Shit on you is what we say nowadays. Right.
2: Shit and fall back in it. <laughs>
1: yeah. Shit and fall back in it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my wow. God. What did they the- say in Baltimore? DNB. Fuck Christmas. off. Let's just fuck off. Okay, fair. Okay. <laughs>
5: or nothing. Yeah. Just stare at you like, why the fuck are you even talking?
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, that's soap. Oh, oh so oh, oh no. The ancient soap. Egyptians would pound sand right in a mortar and pestle, and then they would dissolve it in oil, usually perfumed oil. And then they would uh, rub it on their skin and then scrape it off with a knife.
3: It
1: sounds like a really nice spa Mm -hmm. procedure. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. But
2: for us, we could get in the shower with soap and water afterward. But if you used olive oil, maybe it would be okay. Maybe we should try that sometime.
1: I would let someone rub that all over me and do it. As long as it was in a professional setting. Okay. Why?
2: Why? A professional setting.
1: Let's just do it here. Okay. Yeah. All right.
2: There you go. She's easy. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> just uh,
1: seemed like something that needed to be done
2: professionally. <laughs> I am a
1: professional.
2: She is professional. Yeah, I'm a professional. All right. Here we go. Here's a good one.
4: Hello, Dr. Steve. Um, I have a question. Yep. Yeah, I just called you. Um, but my question, my real question is uh, people who have sun downers, if you get them a light, you know how they have the light for people that take um, melatonin at night that slowly kind of wakes them up. Yeah. Turns on slowly. If you give them a light that turns
2: on slowly as the day gets darker, like in their room or their area lights up more. Yeah. Do you think that would help with that? That's just, a good I'm question. Curious. I think it's a great I question. I know. My dad's having. Oh, my dad has issues,
3: and um, he's showing like issues of sundowners. um you know he gets pretty bad at nighttime. time
2: so right. was just
3: wondering if you mm-hmm. think it would help would it be worth a shot um, what is your opinion on that Thanks. Yeah. Bye.
2: it is a weird phenomenon isn't it that when the sun starts to go down people some people with dementia or delirium can just start getting wackier and wackier uh, and and it is it's so common we call it sundowning phenomenon there is some research that uh, you know, well, first off, sundowning is not a standalone condition, so you got to treat it in a multifactorial way. But bright light therapy has been, in a couple of studies, shown to maybe improve that. So, really, uh, because sundowning is related to sort of changes in their sleep-wake pattern, and you know, so increasing daytime sunlight, even artificially in the winter time, because there's more nighttime, uh, right? Fair. Um uh, can help decrease sundowning behaviors and the and severity of the sundowning behaviors in patients with dementia. So um, that yeah. makes
5: sense. I thought he was asking if you put the light on when it was dark. But that would make it worse.
2: Yeah, I would think so. Because
5: you need to maintain sleep-wake cycles. That is
2: correct. I think what you could do is prolong daytime with that, though. So let's say, you know, in some places, particularly in the city, have you ever noticed that because there's high-rise buildings that it seems to get really creepily darker way earlier Mm -hmm. than it should Mm -hmm. in the city because you only have overhead sunlight for a few hours, Mm -hmm. if that? And uh, for those folks... If they're having sundowners at say four o'clock in the afternoon, why not try a light box until seven o'clock? Until like seven o'clock at night,
5: as long as it's consistent.
2: Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's
5: what would matter. I mean, I haven't read any studies on that. That's right.
2: Well, this study I'm looking at, uh, they think that it improves serotonin and endorphin uh, levels. You know, it makes them more normal. Mm. This would not be a panacea for it. Obviously, there's neurologic damage and that kind of stuff, but might be helpful. I think worth a try. Mm. And it's cheap. You can buy one of these lights at Amazon. And I it, use know, mine
5: every day. If
2: it's, Do you have seasonal affective disorder? Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you? So let's talk about that for a minute. Some people in the wintertime have uh, uh, increased depression, and it may be due to this change in those sort of diurnal rhythms. Mm-hmm. And uh, people do better um, that are exposed to bright lights during the day. So how do you do yours?
5: My
6: light? Uh
2: huh. Yeah. No, and your your kombucha
6: <laughs> brewing. Okay. It doesn't me, seem God. to work. She's gonna have to double the dose of light every day.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. She's flipping it <laughs> off. All right. Sorry. So no, seriously, how do you, how do you do it? Fuck if I know. <laughs> oh <laughs> oh no, no. No. no! Now she's mad at me. Oh <laughs> <again. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
6: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Look what you did.
2: Yeah, good. Well, at least she's mad at you. Yeah, it's right. It was both of you,
5: motherfucking
2: assholes.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I
5: turn it on. Okay. And I look at it.
2: <laughs> yeah. How many? T- how often? How long? And for how long?
5: Every day. Yes. Anytime I'm at my computer because it is on my desk with my computer. Okay. Because it's very dark in that section of my room okay. or my place or whatever the hell. And so if I'm sitting there, even if I'm not on my computer, that's just where the damn thing is. I turn yeah. it on and I sit there. Usually it has a little timer, so I usually set it to 15 minutes. Okay. But now, I mean.
2: For real, do you can you tell a difference? Have you done an A-B test between not doing it and doing it?
5: What do you think?
3: Yeah, I don't know. Course. I
2: mean, sometimes we just do stuff because we do it. I don't know. I mean, I drink, I brew my own kombucha. I can't tell you that it's actually doing anything for me. It's very good, though. I will tell it you that. It is very good. Yes. So but I, I you
5: enjoy doing it, so it's not like you just do it for the fuck of it. True. So I feel much better when I use my light than when I don't, especially in the winter when there's, like, no sunlight. Yeah. Or it's too cold to enjoy the sun. I I depend on it. I mean, I am very very affected by not having sun. Really, and it, I mean I I find it in.
2: So if impactful. you miss it for a day, can you tell the difference?
5: Uh, probably not a day. Okay. Um, but if I went a few days, or especially if it was like a week, I went on vacation and I didn't take it with me. Yeah. And um, when I was in Germany, and so the weather was pretty shit a few times because october and rain so um anyways i could tell a difference then okay so
2: interesting yeah so worth a try
1: worth a try
2: yeah they're not very expensive no and Mm -hmm. uh, now if you can get them to sit there and what you want to do is don't wait till the sundowning starts you want to sort of have a um a period of overlap between natural daylight and this thing and just see you know if he likes to watch tv in the afternoon or something just crank that thing up and uh and uh, see what, and let us know. But talk to your primary care. Yeah. I mean, if he's sundowning, there's other things that yep. need to be done. But
5: and I would just put it, you know, somewhere that they're used to.
2: Yeah.
5: If okay, they no. do the same thing every night, mm-hmm. just put the light there
2: and easily accessible.
5: They won't know that it's something different.
6: Okay. Mm-hmm.
2: Sounds good.
5: So you're not changing their routine.
2: Gotcha. Um, Sorry. We have a quit. No, no, thank you. It's- I
5: love geriatrics. So I just go off when there's a geriatric. <laughs> of course. Topic.
2: That's very interesting. Uh, We've got a mom swipes left. We'll probably do that one on the podcast. Um, I've got a quick question on. uh, Oh, here's a good one. Here we go. We'll do this one.
3: Uh, Hey, Dr. Steve, this is Dean in uh, Northwest. And uh, I heard um, one thing that they say is that uh, the um, uh, anal sex makes the... Um, butthole um, makes the ass bigger. Uh, my question is, does it make uh, does it, do they mean that when they say that, do they mean that it makes the um, the ass bigger or the actual hole? Yeah, right. Uh, okay.
2: Uh, no, it's, they, a good, it's a good question. Um, there's a lot of confusion about anal sex and ass play <clears throat> and um, they've done studies Where they take a pressure probe and stick it up someone's rectum and then uh, have them clench down and see how much pressure they can apply and then have them do a bunch of uh, ass play either with devices or with, you know, human parts. And then they have them come back and squeeze again, and they can't squeeze as hard as they did before. Mm -hmm. So there is a decrease in the anal tone, but the good news is it doesn't matter because who cares as long as you're not just dropping turds all over the floor. So And there's tons of redundancy when it comes to that anal sphincter, and uh, it's perfectly uh, capable of doing this now. Uh, go low and go slow and don't put anything up there that wasn't, you know, like a toy uh, that wasn't designed for it. No fruits and vegetables, no light bulbs, no Coke bottles, because this is what happens is you lose you lose track of them and then they end up up in your sigmoid colon and you can't remove them and now you got to go to the emergency room to have them removed. And if it happens, we... have Talked about this a bunch lately, but I'm going to reiterate it. Uh, the common fiction that we've all decided that we will accept is just say I sat on it. And uh, then th- that way you don't have to deal with, you know, uh, feeling humiliated. You need to take care of that. Yes, absolutely. Don't, don't let your reticence to be embarrassed in the emergency room keep you from getting that treated because it's actually a medical or, or a surgical <clears throat> emergency. Okay. Okay, before we go, Dr. Scott, you have uh, something from the fluid family, which is the... uh chat room and the YouTube channel. If you guys want to check us out, we're usually there around sometime on Saturday. Just follow my Twitter feed <laughs> at, at Weird Medicine.
1: Don't worry, I won't fuck sh- show. It is No, it's not you. Oh, uh, I won't be here the next two
2: weeks, so <laughs> no, don't honey, worry. Y'all can go no, no, right no. on time. What they're talking about is sometimes we do it at one, sometimes we do it on Wednesday. There's no set schedules. So. There
1: should be, but it's you
2: but know, we're, with
0: Saturday... We're not,
1: Saturday, put, I, yeah, and we're not
2: were cutting into our drinking time. We're, well... We're not pushing. We're not pushing the YouTube thing. It's just there for fun. If people want to hang with us, so. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. So, Vegas cyclist. Um, I have an itchy
6: crotch. He is a male. Um, how can I tell if it's a fungus or a rash? I've been using a fungal cream. Um, he's been using Lamotrin. Just wondering how I could de- determine
2: what, what actually is causing the rash. Okay, Loterman. 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 Okay. Well, yeah. yeah.
6: Did
3: it
5: get better or worse with the Loterman? It
2: doesn't sound like it got better. He wouldn't yeah. be asking us. I'm guessing that's that, my me guess. Me too, yeah. I think he's still on there. But <clears throat> No, that's the problem, DNP Chris, is that when sometimes people ask questions, we don't get follow-up, so we have to sort of make assumptions. No. So assuming he's done it for two weeks and by the manufacturer's uh, uh okay. Uh, instructions, and it's still there, I would look at it, get a mirror out and look. Mm-hmm. Now, if you have a black light, mm-hmm. you can shine it on there, and then if you see a bright pink salmon color, anybody remember what that is? I'm getting the bell ready. That is... Aspergillus. No. <laughs> Asparagus. <It's>
3: definitely... <laughs>
6: Astrali-
2: astragalus. That's an astragalus, bacteria. astragalus. No, it's Astragali. called it's called erythrasma, <laughs> and we actually I was close. We actually had someone that um, called in recently, and it turned out that they had. Oh it. shoot, yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty. Uh, oh, well, pretty I cool. remember that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, erythrasma is a bacterium called. It's caused by corona, cor- bacterium and it has to be treated with an antibiotic, right. not an antifungal. Now, but he's a cyclist. And it's his taint. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm worried about. Tase, he's got the knowing the knowing smile or nod. What do you think, Tase? I don't... I, oh, you were like, yeah, yeah, like, I know. Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm
1: like, it. we're getting ready to get the hell out of okay, here. Okay, all
2: right. <laughs> Answers, Dr. Steve, you can go oh, ahead.
6: Yeah. Wax on, Dr. Steve,
2: wax on. Jesus
6: getting Christ.
3: Getting out of <laughs> here. Stop
5: bullshitting?
2: Okay, so... Uh, I'm a little concerned about pedendal neuropathy. Mm-hmm. I
1: think he needs to get it checked out for sure.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So pedendal neuropathy is a thing that cyclists can get. We, we usually think about pain in the taint and mm-hmm. numbness in the scrotum and testicles. Mm-hmm. I mean, a scrotum and testicle, scrotum and penis. But it can manifest, particularly early on, as itching. Mm-hmm so as you stimulate those uh, damaged receptors. So uh, I would get for sure, uh, you know, get it looked at, but um, for sure get a seat that allows you to take pressure off your pudendal nerve. They make they make these um, ones that are just, um, you put your ischial tuberosity, that's your ass bone. If, if you're sitting bones. right There's now. Bones. yeah. bones. It's where you sit on, mm-hmm. and uh, they have uh, bicycle seats that only touch that, and they don't touch the taint at all. And I would highly recommend uh, considering that, mm-hmm. because once pudendal neuropathy gets kicked in, then you just can't ride your bike anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, it may it'll or become, may not come become back. become a jogger. Yeah. It may or may not come back if if you let it go long enough. Right. So Okay. So get that checked out. All right. All right. Now we still got, oh. we've got mom swipes left, and people were complaining about this my sweeper that I made, so I'm just going to play it. Doctor Steve,
4: we have yes. a question.
2: I had a grandmother, and granted, she was 98. She- and this is from the Mom Swipes Left podcast. they are friends of the show, and they have great questions. And they uh,
1: didn't like your sweeper.
2: No, it, it wasn't them. It wasn't them. It was people on Reddit were <laughs>
4: complaining about it. So. She's dead now. <laughs> back in the day when she was kicking she was always freezing cold i remember this one night that we were having a cookout and it was a super fucking hot day the temperature outside was 95 at least if not more and she was bundled up in a blanket and sweaters and all that stuff and she was shivering her lips were a little blue jesus and everyone was worried that she had hypothermia but i kept arguing that even if she was cold-blooded had turned cold-blooded somehow in old age the outside temperature was enough to keep her from having hypothermia can humans die of hypothermia mm. in weather that is above body temperature? Yeah, that's above body temperature. <laughs> or your because it looked to me like she could. Jesus Christ! <laughs> so how'd she die? Uh, my mom pushed her off the step and she broke her hip. Is oh, that true? Jesus. No, she actually did. She fell off a step at my mom and dad's house because she was living there. My mom denies pushing her. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then she had hip surgery and she threw a clot and died. Well, that happens. Especially when your body temperature is so low.
2: But you know, if you have to say, I swear I didn't push her down the stairs. That's very suspicious. <laughs> it's like when certain people say, "I swear on my, you know, the life of my kids," then you know, why would you say that if you weren't lying? Mm-hmm. So, um, or when someone goes, "Totally true story," you know, it's a lie. So, uh, so older folks do feel cold more acutely than. Uh, Other folks do, and they have a thinner layer of fat under the skin, making them more susceptible to cold. But conditions like diabetes, peripheral artery disease, and kidney disease can restrict blood flow and just lower their body temperature. And so they're going to feel cold all the time. Also, old folk, and not just old folk, but some people in this room, uh, can also have uh, low thyroid, which means they're going to feel uh, they're going to feel subjectively cold all the time. Can they die of hypothermia? No, but they can die of the peripheral artery disease, the diabetes, and all that stuff.
1: But you can have low thyroid and be perimenopausal and sweat all the
2: time. That's right. And then you're then you're just fucked.
1: You're just fucked.
2: Yeah. You're so. I'm too cold, too hosed. hot. So you got to you know treat what? all that stuff. What are you gonna do? Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm going to say, no, you couldn't die of hypothermia, but you can die of all the things that make you feel that way. And diabetic neuropathy as well could manifest as distortion in the perception of heat and cold. And in that case, you get old folks who are bundling up in 90, 100 degree weather and then they die of hyperthermia because they get heat stroke. Because mm-hmm. their body now, the core temperature is increasing and they're not sweating so they can't get rid of the heat. And uh, that's the end of that. So that's a possibility. So, oh, so the perception of cold could kill them but it's not going to be a hypothermia. Excellent question. question.
1: Excellent they question.
2: They always have good questions. They do. And they're funny. All right. Well, listen, thanks to... Uh, Uh, everyone who is listening to this show right now. All four of you. Thank you to uh, Tacey. Thanks to DNP Carissa. And uh, thanks to Dr. Scott. Listen to our Sirius XM show on the Faction Talk channel. Sirius XM channel 103, Saturdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern, on demand, particularly on demand and other times at Jim McClure's Pleasure. And thanks to our listeners whose voicemail and topic ideas make this job very easy. Check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash weirdmedicine. Until next time, check your stupid nuts for lumps, quit smoking, get off your asses, get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine.
1: Thank you, everyone.